The coaching carousel continues throughout the NFL as we officially enter the 2023 offseason. We talk about Eric Bieniemy finally being on the move to the Washington Commanders. We talk about Shane Steichen's hire as the Indianapolis Colts head coach and get into all the other coaching moves around the league coming up next here on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, your daily NFL podcast. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And it is Monday, so that means you have me, Kevin Ostreicher, one of the many NFL experts here on our network. And we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you have a junior becoming NFL general manager and managing your football franchise, this game is definitely for you. Round the game. This is at ultimate-gm.com or look it up. On the app stores, our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. And we are back here. We're officially one week without football. It's sad. I, I would like football to come back, and I'd like it to come back now, please. But here today, we're, we're going to be taking you through the biggest stories throughout the entire league. And, and so far, there's been a lot in the coaching carousel in terms of guys moving around, guys leaving for other opportunities, promotions, the head coaching opportunities, coordinators. We're going to dive into the biggest stories about that coaching carousel today. First off, we're going to be talking with David Harrison of Locked On Commanders about Eric Bieniemy, And if Eric Bieniemy is the perfect fit for what the commanders want to do on the offensive side of the ball, get a bit into the history of Eric Bieniemy and more. Then in the second segment, we'll be moving over to the Colt side of things, talking with Jake Arthur of Locked On Colts about Shane Steichen, how they were able to pry him away from the NFC champion Eagles and get him into their coaching staff and how they might build out that staff and that roster under Shane Steichen. And then finally, I'll be taking through the rest of the hires. We'll talk Jonathan Gannon, Todd Munkin, and other hires throughout the league. So a jam-packed episode today. Now let's first get into our conversation with David Harrison of Lockdown Commanders. Eric Bieniemy finally on the move after a successful tenure over in Kansas City. He's going over to the Washington Commanders to be their offensive coordinator and assistant head coach. You need to talk about that with me today. It's David Harrison, one of the hosts of Locked On Commanders. And David, I know the Eric Bieniemy situation was very controversial for many years in terms of why he was not getting a head coaching position. Bieniemy now yeah. leaves the Andy Reid shadow, gets to run his own offense over there in Washington. Is this a hire for you that the commanders should be really, really happy with that they were able to get the enemy? I mean, I think they should. Yeah, absolutely. Because if if Andy Reid is correct, you know, and there's there's a famous story of him uh, kind of, I don't even want to know if he held court or just kind of like infiltrated an owner's meeting, but basically, you know, uh, spoke to a group of owners or the majority of the NFL owners in a, in a closed door session and uh, essentially was took him to task for for not hiring Eric Bieniemy for Eric Bieniemy not having a job. Um, and, you know, in this season specifically, like the writing has kind of been on the wall. I know officially it wasn't until like the day after the Super Bowl that, you know, oh, Eric Bieniemy and the Chiefs are going to part ways and he's going to go look to get out of Andy Reid's shadow, like you mentioned. And that's great. But that's 
really been coming all season. If 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 people have been paying attention, Andy Reid has been on a media campaign this last season to tell anybody and everybody he could that Eric Bieniemy is a critical part of what they do on the offense. And then there's even media members. I remember specifically one that sticks out, Mike Tirico, uh, during one of their broadcasts, like completely on on cute on you know there's really no no connection to it just starts on this kind of like two minute uh, uh soapbox moment about how important eric Bieniemy is to the chiefs which is kind of a weird standout moment so to me i've been kind of looking at this okay eric Bieniemy is leaving kansas city this offseason and most likely because the head coaching gig hasn't worked to go to an offense coordinator situation where he was going to be the clear unadulterated master of the offense on whatever team uh he went to and then as you go through the process you know, the, the connections are always there in the National Football League. Ron Rivera and Andy Reid have a have a tight connection from their time coaching together. Harbaugh and Baltimore, as you well know, and Andy Reid also had that connection. So Baltimore and Washington really very quickly became the two destinations. Once Todd Munkin got hired, I mean, that was that was pretty much all, all she wrote. You know what I mean? And, and again, uh, Eric Bieniemy and, and the Chiefs announcing that he won't be back. You're not doing that unless you pretty much know there's a framework for another job there. They just had to figure out what that was going to be. It took them all about two and a half days. I think total time, three days on the calendar to get it figured out. And EB is is headed to uh, the DMV. Yeah, no, obviously there's going to be with a enemy led offense, a shift both, you know, with scheme and maybe some personnel in there as well. Do you feel like based off what Washington already has on the roster and what they could add, that enemy is a perfect fit changing the scheme with the roster that they have right now? Yeah, I think I think it's beautiful, honestly, to be quite honest with you. I think that, you know, by and large, you know, Tyreek Hill, one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League. So I think if you stack him up against any individual receiver, there there's not a lot in the NFL that are going to really stand up and say, I could I could be uh better than this guy on a snap to snap basis. So Terry McLaurin, as great as he is, not a Terry, not a not a Tyreek Hill, right? But I think when you look at Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson. Um, I know I, I talked to Ryan Tracy, a locked on Chiefs. He actually thinks that De'Ami Brown could be a sleeper to really step up in this EB offense. And then, of course, you got the draft coming up where they might be able to add uh, another weapon or two. All their tight ends has been a little bit confusing. They used to run a lot of inline tight end sets, trying to ask them to block. They don't really have a lot of big blocking type tight ends. So maybe Eric Bieniemy's scheme, obviously Travis Kelsey, not the biggest blocker uh, in the National Football League from the tight end position. So you look at the tight end room, it looks to fit. And Brian Robinson, honestly, is kind of a running back uh, that that Kansas City really hasn't really had, but I think they've kind of looked for a little bit. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, like not the the big thumper, but just someone with a little bit more power. I think Brian Robinson Jr. will finally give that to EB, but then you still have Antonio Gibson, uh, who kind of shows that one cut receiver back type slash and dash uh, type of ability that he's he's been so uh, been able to accentuate so much in Kansas City. So, yeah, I mean, I would, without being disrespectful to Tyreek Hill and obviously not Travis Kelsey, I would venture to say that holistically, when you go from top to bottom, this might be. Uh, the most stacked of an offensive group that he's had, the quarterback and the offensive line are going to be the questions. Yeah, and I know the quarterback, obviously, Sam Howell looks to be the guy that the commanders are moving forward with. I know they made that clear to Vietnam. Vietnam still took the job. So uh, to me, that's a positive sign, at least, yeah. that Vietnam believes in Howell. But do you, David, believe in Sam Howell is the next guy for this franchise? I do. I think I think Sam, you know, I wasn't expecting it to be this soon, to be quite honest with you. I really was expecting it to be maybe like year three, uh, that he got kind of his real fair shot at at being the number one guy, but I'm I'm extremely excited for him. He's a guy that I talked to all season long, and 
you know, it was a little easier to talk to him when he was a practice squad guy or not practice squad guy, but scout team uh, quarterback, number three guy on the depth chart. Once he became the starter, like his locker got a little bit more crowded. You know what I mean? But uh, look, good dude. We've had a lot of conversations about quarterbacks, about kind of things that happened around the league. And so I've gotten to kind of know Sam's mentality. He's a real calm, cool, collected guy. And and something that really stood out to me uh, about him leading up to his first start there at the end of the year against the Dallas Cowboys uh, is is quite honestly like our, our kind of day to day interactions like okay well sam's a starter now he's probably going to be you know a little bit more you know consumed by that and i'm probably not going to kind of get the I'll call it bsing time that i usually get uh with him but that didn't change like he was the same dude in the locker room and it really did kind of surprise me it was like you're about to make your first nfl start uh but here we are you know you're eating your uh, your healthy snack that they give these guys after practice and we're just uh you know talking I'm trying not to cuss here, um, but we're just, you know, we're just, we're just chatting it up. And I was like, this, he's the same dude. You know what I mean? And then uh, the arm, we've always known the arm talent was there. That was never a question. It was just about the mentality and then seeing him on the field. I mean, he, he absorbed the atmosphere. Uh, I, I asked him after that first game, how he, you know, if there, if there was a moment where it was almost kind of take a breath and he, he admitted that, yeah, when he ran out on the field uh, to, to get the game started, that he did kind of have a moment where like, holy, you know, this is actually happening. Took a breath, took a prayer. He's a very religious guy. Uh, kind of signed, kind of centered himself and then just went in uh, doing, you know, playing football like he's always done. So getting a whole off season to ramp into it. I know he's busy training while he's also playing golf and catching some sun. Uh, he's going to come in with the right mentality. He's got the arm. So now it's just about marrying that with EB scheme. Yeah. And I, I know it's, it's way too early to talk about this, but in terms of the actual assistant head coach title, the Eric Biedemy mm-hmm. has right now, is there a question now? However hot, Ron Rivera's seat is if there's a yeah. struggle early in the season. Do you think that though that those conversations become louder now that Eric Bieniemy is now the offensive coordinator slash is this the head coach of the team? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's just going to be a natural part of things. You know, you have you have a head coach in Ron Rivera who's who's got a, a you know fairly you know good track record. He's had a good reputation around the National Football League and in the media. Um, so I don't you know, think people are going to necessarily shoot for it. But you know, if this team does start one and four, you know, one and five, zero oh and three. Uh, something like that. As long as the offense isn't just a complete mess and a complete shambles, and you don't got EB yelling at Sam or Sam yelling at EB. Like if, if, if the, if the offense isn't just the sole culprit of why they're struggling, um, then yeah, I mean, that, it's, it's going to be a natural part of the progression. People, especially in the national media are going to start looking at EB and say, look, this is a guy who should have probably had a head coaching job in the first place. And and I actually uh, probably anticipate, you know, Ron Rivera has come out and said that EB should have a head coaching job. And so people are going to say, even Ron himself thinks that Eric Bannon should be a head coach. So why not be the guy to take his position? And, you know, and then you have that assistant head coach title. If, you know, your head coach gets fired in season, who's most likely to take the interim tag? probably the guy that has the assistant head coach title, right? So yeah, it's, it's going to be a natural progression of things. Hopefully for all of them involved, that doesn't, that conversation doesn't have to come up. And instead you're talking about EB being on the head coaching circuit next year, trying to get his job. Um, but yeah, if, if things don't go well initially, that's absolutely going to be where a lot of people go. A major shout out to David for taking the time talking to Eric Bieniemy. Seems like it will be a perfect fit for more on David's work, of course. And the Commanders, be sure to check out the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But coming up in our second segment, we'll be flipping the field, flipping the conferences, talking with Jake Arthur of Locked On Colts about Shane Steichen and what the Colts could do with him at the helm. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton to dive into on Locked On NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. And you've heard me talk about this mobile game app, and I really can't tell you how much fun I had competing against my fellow Locked On NFL hosts. Now, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers was our Locked On NFL champion. I wanted to win, but 
it just it just didn't happen this time around. But now it's your turn to compete, but more on that later. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager or managing your football franchise, your dream would come true, and this game is definitely for you. You'll manage every strategic aspect of your team. You'll play through seasons and lead a team to glory, trying to build a perfect dynasty. With Ultimate Football Jam, you're responsible for controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators. You can trade players. You can even navigate your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of a season. And it is really cool, all the interactive things that Ultimate Football GM has. And you can really put your own twist on your own franchise and your own dynasty. And you can even compete with your friends and your family. And all this in a challenging, realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. So you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. And we've created Locked On Leagues for you to compete against Locked On fans all over the world. Can you be the ultimate Locked On Football GM? Choose the Locked On League in the app. App to join, can you create a football dynasty? Locked on NFL listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. Make sure to check it out today. Down the games is at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football jam start your dynasty today. We are back here. Our second segment of Locked on NFL. Kevin Ostreicher, your Monday host. Still here with you, hanging out, talking, coaching, carousel. We just talked with David Harrison about Eric Bannemi and the Commanders. But now we're going to talk about Shane Steichen and the Colts with Jake Arthur of Locked On Colts. This is a big hire for them. It just felt like there was so much going on with the Colts last year. The Matt Ryan or just the the quarterback situation with Matt Ryan and Nick Foles and Sam Ellinger. The Colts hiring Jeff Saturday, who had never had any coaching experience. It was a wild ride for the Colts. So we'll talk with Jake Arthur now about just how important this Shane Steichen hire is and what they can do moving forward with Steichen to the helm. Well, the Indianapolis Colts get their guy, Shane Steichen, the former offensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, now the head coach over with the Indianapolis Colts. Here to talk about that and more is Jake Arthur, one of the hosts over at Locked On Colts. And Jake, it felt like this hire, the Eagles lose both their coordinators, both two yep. very talented guys. The Colts get the offensive mind here in Shane Steichen. Was Shane Steichen your top choice for the Colts head coach opening? Uh, yeah, but it seemed like kind of a pipe dream at the beginning of the whole process. Uh, you kind of thought that any of the Eagles guys would be uh, probably not very likely because of how the whole Frank Reich thing went down. Nick Sirianni and, and some of his guys are obviously close with Frank. Uh, but it turns out the Colts are, were apparently a desirable destination. And Shane Steichen was exactly the type of coach that you would hope for. Uh, young, forward-thinking offensive mind that you can pair with a new rookie quarterback that you're going to be drafting in the top five who has a proven track record with getting the best out of his young quarterbacks. Yeah, and how does this now change the Colts' offense and what we've seen from them over the past couple of years under Frank Reich? Now moving over to Shane Steichen, what does it do to that unit? Uh, yeah, so you already knew you had to get quarterback regardless of who the, the head coach was going to be, but now this gives you more confidence uh, because, again, Steichen has had success working with quarterbacks, you know, Phillip Rivers, Justin Herbert, now Jalen Hurts. You know, he's even gotten some really good play out of guys like Tyrod Taylor and uh, uh, Gardner Minshew. So he's worked with uh, all different types of quarterbacks and he's gotten good play out of them. So with this now, you look at what quarterback you're going to draft and maybe you have to be a bit picky because they're going to have to have a certain type of coach. But now Steichen, you can give them any of these guys. You know, if, if you want, if you want to duplicate what he just did with Jalen Hurts, then maybe look at Anthony Richardson. Uh, 
probably opens the door a little bit for a guy like Bryce uh, Bryce Young because you thought maybe the size there was going to be an issue, but if anyone can make it work and get him to maximize what he can do, it's probably Steichen. So you can really go with any of these top four quarterbacks now, and it's probably going to work out because of Steichen. Yeah, and it feels like, you know, when all these head coaching opportunities are open, it's always that domino before you can really get a full 100% clear picture on how the offseason could potentially look based off of that coach's philosophies and their strengths and their weaknesses. So now with Steichen, how how does the offseason for the Colts kind of take shape for you, Jake, in terms of what you'd like them to see do? Yeah, so I think you got to make sure that offensive line is reinforced. Uh, I think you learned a hard lesson last year of – just kind of giving new guys the job without without competent uh, competition behind them. Uh, it turns out Matt Pryor and Danny Pinter went into last year as the starting left tackle and right guard. That was a disaster. Obviously, everyone saw how poorly things went for the Colts for a long time. They got the offensive line uh, figured out by the second half of the year, but they still got young guys in a couple spots. They need to have insurance. Um, Steichen has worked with some really good offensive line play, especially with the Eagles, with Jeff Stoutland as the offensive, uh, as the offensive line coach. So you're going to need to make sure that you're giving Steichen and this rookie quarterback, a really good offensive line. Your defense is probably okay. Maybe add a couple pieces here or there for depth. Uh, but I would look to try and add at least one more playmaker wherever you can, whether it's the draft or, you know, a quick hitting free agent, just give them one more playmaker to add into that passing game. And I think their offense should be able to be night and day from last year. I'm not saying this could be a top unit, uh, but a competent one that can consistently put some points on the board. Yeah. And now as Steichen continues and will now start to kind of make and build the rest of his staff, how would you like to see the staff be assembled under Steichen? Yeah, so the again, it's going to all come back to offensive line. But the first one you've got to nail is that offensive line hire. Uh, you, you guys are going to see this, our Monday episode of Locked on Colts. We just said, you know, you could pinch pennies with every other position you're going to give out there. Just throw all the money at offensive line coach. Uh, Roy Istvan, who was the or is the assistant offensive line coach with the Eagles, looks like he's the front runner. Uh, so that's the guy you really want to lock up first and foremost. And then as for offensive coordinator, you know, it's going to be Steichen calling the plays. So you really just want to find a guy who is a good uh, teacher and communicator with the players who can, you know, take Steichen's game plan and just really digest it to the players, essentially. And, uh, you know, someone who's a good planner, you know, someone like a Pep Hamilton comes to mind, uh, you, you know, for talk about someone who's not going to be calling the plays. Anthony Lynn, especially that guy can script a run game as well as anyone in the NFL. Uh, so a couple of those guys are are guys I've got my eyes on. But so far, T. Martin is one guy they've requested for offensive coordinator as well as Jim Bob Cooter. So those are those are some names to keep an eye on. We haven't heard a full list yet of who's been requested, but those are some wants and uh, some guys who have actually been requested so far. Yeah, now let's let's talk a bit of AFC South here, Jake, because we saw the Jaguars establish themselves over this past season. But it seems like this is going to be an offseason of change for some of these teams. Tennessee in the Ryan Tannehill situation, obviously the Texans, what are they going to do and how are they going to build out their roster? And the Colts now in terms of what they can do. So based off of the second hire and how you envision the offseason playing out, or at least hopefully playing out for the Colts, how confident are you that next season the Colts can get back into that competitive nature and compete for the AFC South title? 
Yeah, so they had an awful, an awful AFC South slate this year. You know, one and uh, yeah, they they started their season like one and five against the division. So couldn't have really gone much worse. Lost that last game to the Texans. So uh, I'm not going to put them on top at all. It's still the Jaguars uh, division to lose. And there's really no reason to think that the Jags are going to take a step back. So full credit to them. Uh, it's about time that Tennessee got knocked off, off their horse there. Uh, but no, I think the Colts should be competitive again. Um, there was just so much wrong last year that it cannot get worse. Uh, at least, you know, fingers crossed. But no, I, th- I think they'll be more competitive. They're going to have a competent offense moving forward, it seems. Again, it may not be a barn-burning one, but the defense was always pretty good last year. But you can only end up hold up your end of the bargain so much before things start to fall through. Uh, I don't think the defense is going to have to carry the team quite as much. And, you know, it, I would imagine the Colts finish second or third in the division next year. I'm excited for the Steichen era in Indianapolis. We'll see what happens with it. But thanks again to Jake for hopping on, taking the time, talking with me about the Colts. For more on Jake and the Colts, be sure to follow along with the Locked On Colts podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. But in our final segment, we'll be talking about the rest of the coaching hires from throughout the last week, talking about Jonathan Gannon, another Eagles coordinator, going this time to the Arizona Cardinals. Todd Monken becoming the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator and a lot more. So don't go anywhere. Still a lot to talk about here on Locked on NFL. We've returned here. Our final segment of Locked on NFL here on Monday. Kevin Ostrick, your host, still here with you. And I'm going to be taking you home throughout this final segment as we talk coaches, continue to talk coaches. And I think the other one that we need to talk about here, we just talked about Shane Steichen, the former Eagles offensive coordinator, going to the Colts. Well, the Eagles lost both their coordinators in a matter of just a couple days here, right after their Super Bowl loss. Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator, goes over to the Arizona Cardinals. And people in Arizona seem happy with this hire. Now, the interesting part of this, though, is I think people in Philadelphia, you know, we talked with Louis DiBiase after the Super Bowl, and it felt like what Louis was talking about with us was the fact that sometimes Jonathan Gannon's defenses shrunk in the big moments against against elite quarterbacks. That That's kind of the message, and it felt like that was the message that even I saw on Twitter from Philadelphia fans. So we'll see. I still think it's a good hire. I know there were videos that surfaced of Jonathan Gannon, you know, being all cheesy with players, and everyone's like, oh, no, <laughs> this is not going to work out. I, it's too early. It's been like, it hasn't even been a week yet. I'm I'm not putting that label on Jonathan Gannon yet, but for the Eagles losing both coordinators, I think one shows the operation they're running over there in Philadelphia, super successful. Obviously that offense with Jalen Hurts, the growth that Jalen Hurts showed Shane Steichen, obviously getting his flowers. And I think Brian Johnson, their quarterback coach who has been in consideration for some offensive coordinator jobs, probably getting promoted offensive coordinator there. And then you have on defense, that Philadelphia defense. I know I know the, the schedule was easy for Philadelphia this year. I get it. The competition level has been a question mark with some people. The, the Eagles had a pretty easy schedule in 2022. But the fact of the matter is they dominated that easy competition exactly like they should have. The defense had many great – I mean, Hassan Reddick on the first year, his contract did amazing. Jonathan Gannon – a big part of that defense now going over to Arizona. Hopefully it will work out a lot better than Cliff Kingsbury. Obviously Kingsbury with the offensive background and Jonathan Gannon with the defensive background. But the question for the Cardinals now is, is Gannon going to want to work with Kyler Murray? And is that the quarterback coach combo that even the GM wants here? I know when, when new faces come in, new coaches, new GMs, they want to do it their way. And Kyler Murray was the old regime's quarterback for the new regime, including Jonathan Gannon. Is that the quarterback that they want for their future? There could be a trade with Kyler Murray. Obviously, Murray tearing his ACL late in the season. 
the reports and the rumors are that he might not be available, not, might not be ready till November. That that would be a big, you know, a first year head coach having to go into the season. Is it a is it Colt McCoy? Is it Trace McSorley? You know, we'll, we'll see what they do at the quarterback position to kind of bridge the gap for the beginning of the season, which it doesn't seem like Murray's going to be ready for at this point to when Murray's able to play, but is Murray even going to be the quarterback at all past 2023? That's, that's the interesting decision because maybe the Cardinals just want to start fresh and take a rookie quarterback and see what happens and then trade Kyler Murray somewhere else and just start completely over. Maybe that's what they decide, but we'll see what happens. I, I still think Gannon is a step in the right direction. It just felt like with, with, with Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime and that old regime, it just it wore itself out. They reached their ceiling. And with all the offensive talent they had, Kyler Murray, James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, you know, they, they drafted Trey McBride in the second round last season or in the last draft. They just they they underachieved, I think. And even on the defense, I mean, the defense has talented playmakers like JJ Watt, who obviously is now retired, but Buda Baker and some of these other really talented playmakers on defense. I think that. They need a coach that can maximize both sides of the ball. I think Gannon's a start with that, and he can obviously build out his staff how he would like it, and he's already started to do that with a couple of assistants. But the, the other news around the league, Todd Munkin was hired by the Ravens. I know that you know we were talking with David Harrison in the first segment about the Eric Bannemi to the Commanders. It really felt like the enemy was either Commanders or Baltimore, and that's really what it was. And you know David talked about that a little bit with us in the first segment. But the Ravens hired Todd Munkin before the commanders hired Biennemi. So that pretty much, again, opened the door for Biennemi to go to Washington. But Munkin is someone who I think fits the Ravens timeline and fits what they need. There's so much uncertainty right now surrounding Lamar Jackson and what's going to happen with him. Is there going to be a trade? Is there going to be a franchise tag? Is there going to be an extension? There are a lot of different avenues that the Ravens and Lamar Jackson could take over these next couple of weeks as we enter free agency here and now less than a month. So, there are a lot of decisions to be made. And, and the first domino is the offensive coordinator here. Munkin has experience both in the college ranks and at the NFL level, obviously back-to-back -back national champion over there. Georgia with Stenson Bennett at the helm. He had work in Tampa Bay with Dirk Cutter it is the head coach. Munkin was the offensive coordinator there from 2016 to 2018. In 2019, he was the offensive coordinator for Freddie Kitchens, his only season in Cleveland, which was, was a pretty big disaster. But a lot of this, I think, had to do with the situations he was placed in. I mean, in his final year in Tampa Bay, Munkin ended up having the fourth best or excuse me, the second best passing offense. Then he went over to Cleveland for that 2019 season and had the fourth best rushing offense. So someone who can work with personnel, adapt to a scheme, definitely like to throw the football. That's where that's where the Ravens need to improve. But he can also work with heavy personnel and work with success in the run game. So the Ravens can keep some of the stuff that they did really well under the Greg Roman regime, but they can now have Munkin come in and be creative, be innovative with some of the new aspects they need to, I think, take this offense to the next level. But we're going to see, I think Todd Munkin can do a good job both with and without Lamar Jackson, but the whole timeline changes. The whole timeline changes depending on what does happen with Lamar Jackson. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in today with us. I'm going to get back here tomorrow with more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.